The Go Radio Football Show, bringing you the latest transfer news as the countdown to the new season gets underway. Let's go! Wednesday evening just after five this is Paul Cooney from Glasgow on the Go Radio Football Show and tonight the former Scotland and Celtic striker Andy Walker Evening Andy How you doing Paul? Very well you? Had been a good week? Uh, it's been a great week looking forward to seeing my daughter later this week she's hopefully coming home to see us for a few days and then of course you've got the fixtures on Friday that always sets you up for a new season Because it maps out the first few weeks well Absolutely. the coming months the next nine or ten months Andy it is never ending and uh, of course you look at it and you deter obviously Celtic will be at home first with the with the flag day Rangers will be away and uh, I, I mean we love getting back into it it's always great to have a break Paul but we do love getting back into the football Headlines tonight just after five no confirmed signings although the Brighton forward Abdallah Sima is set to undergo a medical at Rangers ahead of a loan move here to Ibrox so what do we know of them Andy they need a striker is this the very man very little but exactly yeah. that they need a striker and I think it looks to me as though Rangers are pretty desperate to get their business done early they want to get all their, their bigger players their better players in in time for the games that will define their season the Champions League qualifiers 22 year old Senegalese player he's been on loan at Angers in France it's this time of the season where we hear people coming and going but it looks as though he's in town there's a medical today uh, across the city Celtic have agreed terms with the Melbourne City forward it's been mentioned a few times Marco Tilio looks as though he's on the way another signing for Brendan Rodgers yeah I know he was in the Australian squad for the World Cup but I think when you see Celtic signing 20 year old Norwegians as he did last week and then you see another uh, striker coming from Melbourne it can be demoralising for the players that are already at Lennox Town desperate for a, a chance in the team I think what it tells you is that uh, Celtic don't wait for anyone Rangers won't wait for anyone. They want to get business done. And if you're not exceptional at 17, 18, 19, it is so difficult to get uh, the, the game time, the minutes that you need to develop your game at uh, one of the big clubs. And the danger is some of the exceptional ones, like Ben Dokes, they don't stay now. They go south of the border if Liverpool come a-calling with huge money. Absolutely. Celtic do the same to other clubs. And, the, of course, the really big clubs down south who've got all the money and all the prospects of uh, you know working with elite managers. Ben Doak going to Liverpool and actually getting a bit of game time uh, last season. So it'll be interesting to see how quickly he can develop and, and try and be a first-team regular. Some of the stories connecting Scottish players or players in Scotland around the world, Kyogo, so he's getting ready already for the new season. He's refused to be drawn in speculation, linking him with the move to Tottenham and a reunion with Ange Postacoglu. Um, he said today uh, he cares about Celtic. That's what he's thinking about as he trains uh, with Vissel Kobe, getting ready for the, the big tournament when Celtic come in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, and the fact that these players now are pretty much playing all year round, especially with the international football, and um, I think he said the right thing. It would be interesting if any player at Celtic was to be linked in a, a very serious way with, with Spurs, because obviously Ange Postecoglou would know every player inside out. Give us a call. Andy Walker is here. 0808 17 17 700. Give us a call now or join the conversation at Go Football Show. And thanks to everyone who's been mentioning the programme on Monday night. You heard some of it, Andy. Yeah. We had uh, Neil Lennon, the former Celtic player, 
and manager in the studio with Barry. And uh, there was some good chat with Lenny. I asked him if he felt he was underappreciated by the Celtic fans the way it finished. He wouldn't criticise them. He said, no, I had some great times. Well, he shouldn't be because he's had so much success and there's not many Celtic managers that can put together a team that will take on Barcelona and beat them in the Champions League. I know that some of the criticism was pretty fierce during the the 10 in a row season and uh, I'm sure that was hard to take but um, yeah, Neil Lennon has shown his quality as a manager not just at Celtic but elsewhere I've got a couple of pals who are Hib supporters absolutely love uh, the, the, the time that he had there and if you speak to someone like John McGinn he will not have a bad word to say about Neil Lennon just because of the influence that he had on him while he was a Hibs player Stephen's on tomorrow night and he'll love the story that Neil told when he was manager. He said, oh, apparently John um, does a... He, he pretends he's Neil Lennon, he does the voice and it was after a game. So it was St Mirren against Hibs. You know the story, St Mirren beat Hibs and uh, Stephen's playing for St Mirren. John, now what, 100 grand a, a week player and after Very the good. game, uh, the manager wasn't happy, Neil Lennon. He said, you, you're not even the best player in the house. Uh, it's good, good. I like it. I Stephen, like it. Stephen tomorrow night and then Peter Grant will join us on... Friday. So a high to yeah. a low, that's that's it. that's the way it goes. What's that? From Stephen oh, from tonight to tomorrow. Grant, I, high I, to a low. I could say that from tonight to tomorrow. <laughs> yep. So Stephen, tomorrow evening. Elsewhere. So what about the papers today? We spoke about it last night with Mark Guidi on the program, and it's the headline in the back of some of the papers. KT won't rule out a return to Celtic. We're talking about Kieran Tierney. Now we know um, he lost his place. I mean, he still played thirty odd times uh, this yeah. last season for Arsenal, but uh, he's not a regular anymore. Could you see him coming under Brendan Rodgers for a loan season? Well, if there's anyone who could persuade him to come back to Scotland, I think it would be Brendan Rodgers, given the relationship that they had, given the development and the improvement in Kieran Tierney's game. I, I would imagine he would stay in England. I, I think he's still got some business to do down there. I think he's kept out of the side by a exceptional player in yeah. Zinchenko. But if there was a possibility of going to Newcastle, um, obviously that would be him a recognised uh, first choice I think he might opt to stay there but um, Celtic will have a, a, a big place in his heart and who knows he might uh, he might come back but if I was a betting man I would guess that he would try and make his mark uh, in England a bit more But if Arsenal want to keep him long term if um, there's the chance of Champions League in just a couple of months sure. time playing at Celtic That's you, a big draw yeah. And he's played there before, of course. Yep. He's excelled in, in that company. But it's only six games. And, uh, you know, when you're down in England playing for Arsenal or if he were to move to the likes of Newcastle, top four club, uh, you want to try and emulate that again to be in that team, to be playing in front of the the Geordies when you're flying high. It's, uh, it's a great place to be. Quiz question, will you take the question? Go on. Yep. Name the former Aberdeen player who was transferred today for £40 million. He's undergoing a medical. I've not got that. You have. I've not got that knowledge. You have. Have I? Yeah, of course you have. Who is it? James Madison. Oh, James Madison, <laughs> of course. Sorry, I wasn't that trying to trick you. Kick. Exactly, yeah. I always so, remember that yeah. free kick where uh, Crocker was uh, yeah. nearly out of his seat just given yeah. the, the quality of the goal against, was it Rangers, last kick of the ball? Yep. And Aberdeen won it. That's right. So what about it, James Madison then, big signing for Ange Postacoglu at Tottenham. <laughs> and 40 million plus some add-ons, is that not um, a steal given the money being yes. thrown around in England I, at the moment. I think he's got great quality and what it tells you about Ange Postacoglu going to Spurs is that he's now 
you know, dealing in that market. Mm. They can go and get a 40 million plus player in Madison. And I'm sure their business isn't over yet. Apparently, there's a bit of interest in Harry Kane. Will, yeah. will he go? Mm. Uh, obviously what do you think? He would, Sorry. Well, I think he might want to stay and break that record of Alan uh, Shearer. Uh, but if he goes to Bayern Munich, I think he's pretty much guaranteed to win a, a trophy, win that title. Does that they, mean much? And I'm would, not taking away from it. Yeah, so, yeah, I think you want to win things. And obviously, he would, uh, Bayern Munich be, would, as as they always are every season, one of the favourites to to do well in the in the Champions League and actually win it. So there's a there's a big draw uh, to go there. But equally, there is something special about trying to beat that record of Alan Shearer's. Mm. And then, of course, he's only got what one year to go at Tottenham, yeah, and sure. then he could yeah. he could go for free. But I, I do wonder what Ange Postecoglou would think. Does he want to keep Kane and get the guaranteed goals if you like, mm. or give us the money and I'll go and identify someone else and try and you know, build his own team, make his own mark and try and get Tottenham back into the top four again. Because naturally you would say, surely you want to keep Harry Kane. He's an amazing player. Yeah. But Ange Postacoglu, the master of building a team out of next to nothing two years ago. Yeah, and I think also there'll be a business decision to make because obviously there'll be a bit of influence from the Tottenham board and they might want to, you know, cash in on a player that will be available for nothing uh, in 12 months' time. So you've got to factor all of that in. But I really hope that Ange Postecoglou does well. He was a breath of fresh air when he came here uh, to Glasgow, to Scotland, put together such an exciting team. And that's the prospect uh, that uh, the Tottenham fans are looking forward to, having a, a much better team to watch than they've watched in the last uh, couple of seasons. One of the top Scottish managers is, of course, Davy Moyes, who's just won a European trophy a few weeks ago with West Ham. Looks as though they're going to sell Declan Rice to Arsenal they've come in today with a third bid 100 million plus 5 million add-ons it's not been accepted yet but Andy do you think he's going to stay in London and go to to Arsenal it looks that way and Arsenal seem very ambitious they want the best midfield player to try and raise their game a little uh, to try and challenge Man City my goodness how can you challenge Man City given what they uh, achieved last season but Gundogan is away uh, they will, um, you know, they'll shake it up a little bit. No doubt they'll try and strengthen again, even with numbers, with quality. But it's going to take a tall order to dislodge Man City from top spot, I think. What would you do? If the if the case is that you go to Arsenal and you'll be the top dog, he could be the captain there, maybe. And you go into Man City and they need him, but they've got such a, a galaxy of huge stars. Where yeah. would you go if the money was the same? Well, you speak to some players and they absolutely love the... I mean, obviously, they've all got a great uh, lifestyle with the money that they're on, but uh, to have that money and to be in London, I think, is a big attraction for some players. I don't know what what motivates him. Does he want to go to, to the biggest, the best club available? But, you know, Arsenal right now, I thought some of their football last season was was fantastic. And the fact that they are in the Champions League, he's, he's had a little taste of European success there with West Ham, but... He'll be he'll be going up a, a notch or two playing in the Champions League against the very best, and I think that's what he wants to do. I, I would imagine he'll be an Arsenal player before the window is out. You reckon? Yeah. yeah. Okay. John's been on from Motherwell saying, "What about Stephen Fletcher?" So you've seen him a lot this season. You covered some of the games at Dundee yeah. United, so he's parted company. He's thanked Dundee United and everyone there and the fans the way he accepted him and uh, his family, but they've gone down, and it looks as though Motherwell are interested in him. And also Fleetwood Town. 
Well, obviously, Motherwell have got big shoes to fill with Van Veen yep. going. I mean, his goals, not just his goals, but some of his play. I mean, he had me on the edge of my seat sometimes, Van Veen. He's, some of his skill, his ability was just great to watch. But Motherwell need a goal scorer. It wasn't his 40 last year, at uh, last season at, at Dundee United, Stephen Fletcher. I thought he might have done a bit better. He does give you everything. But uh, it might make sense to to go to Fir Park. He, he's obviously got better players around him, players with a better attitude. He's got a manager who really made the difference when he stepped into the shoes of Stevie Hamill. Stuart Kerrwell did an exceptional job and they will want to try and keep themselves in the top half of the table from the word go. It's going to be difficult losing those goals of Van Veen, but maybe maybe Stephen Fletcher can, can get a wee bounce going to Fir Park. Graham Shinney has agreed terms with Aberdeen so it looks as though the man who became uh, captain when he joined what was that January wasn't it under Jim Goodwin yeah. from Wigan it's now a permanent deal so it's just about done today that's the very latest news yeah I like him I like his attitude I like the fact that uh, he's got a great uh, drive about him a great enthusiasm I think he bullies others around him I sometimes watch him as a captain and you know, he demands more of players that are around about him. I think he's the type of player that will make Aberdeen uh, a better club. And now that he's settled, he's not on loan. He's signed, what, a two or three year deal? I, I think that will really help him and Aberdeen. Because Aberdeen want to kick on. Reese Williams is uh, coming back, I think, from Liverpool. And that's good news for them as well. I think he's been on loan, yep. hasn't he? Young player. Um, because he was doing something a bit special, wasn't he? The manager towards the end of the season. Yeah, he was, and uh, I think everyone has taken to him. Um, maybe it does reflect badly on the group of players that uh, Jim Goodwin had because he couldn't get uh, a tune out of them. And it was really embarrassing to see them lose five and six to, to Hibs and Hearts and losing to Darvo. Had they I, chucked it? Sorry. I, I think they did. I think some of them had. And, uh, you know, I hate to see that. Yeah. And um, obviously, managers make a difference because, uh, you know, Barry Robson came in. And he, he, he certainly had them uh, going in the right direction. And I always think our league, our top league, is is much stronger, more competitive when we've got a big city club like Aberdeen who are prepared to have a go at Celtic and Rangers and try and come up with uh, the odd victory, which they did last season. The papers, quite rightly, are full still of stories about the ex-Scotland manager, our longest-serving mm -hmm. And now the late, great Craig Brown, who yeah. passed away earlier in the week. 82, he'd been 83 this weekend. Yep. And Andy, I know, because you told me, you were with him just a number of weeks ago at the, the PFA Player uh, of the, the Year. The PFA yeah. Awards. And uh, I've seen him look better, yep. but uh, his chat was great. And it yep. was lovely to get my picture taken with him. I was there with a friend who's a, a big Clyde fan. Oh. And he obviously knew about the, the Dunn family and their yeah. their involvement uh, with Clyde through the years. And obviously Craig himself had such a, a special time there. I trained at Clyde for a for a short time when yeah. he was the manager. Pat Nevin was there yeah. and all those yeah. old experienced players. But he was, um, I mean, I wasn't a recognised international player, Paul, but he gave me my one and only starting a cap. It was a Euro '96 qualifier. We went over to to Helsinki in Finland to play against the the Finns who had, you know, Yari Lipmanen oh, and yeah, their uh, yeah. starting eleven. I mean, a real quality team. And we went over there and, and beat them two 0 It was a, a big result for us. And of course, he he took the Scotland squad to to Euro '96 at a time when it was so regular for us to qualify for big tournaments. 
And I think he was only really appreciated once it became, you know, so long, 10, 15 years, 20 years since we'd qualified for, for a big tournament. And um, I, I think the, the most important thing to say about Craig Bowne is that he was a really... He was a really good guy. Yeah. He was a he was a gentleman and uh, just great company, mm. and obviously knew his stuff about football. Certainly did, and they love him in Motherwell as well. They had fond yeah. memories of him here. In fact, they well, were disappointed when he left. I think one of the best games that I can ever remember uh, commenting yeah. on Paul the six six game against yeah. uh, Hibs when uh, when Craig was in charge That's of Motherwell, right. and I remember speaking to him after that, and uh, it was just the big smile on his face yeah. because the game was dead and buried 6-2 mm. down 6-2 I know we talked how, about it the other how, night how, yeah. how do you come back from that yeah. you know Motherwell fans were streaming out of the ground giving uh, Craig Brown a bit of stick and and lo and behold Jukovic gets that uh, last minute uh, equaliser for the most dramatic of uh, of endings that uh, that was a special night and he was in charge of a a team that uh, you you would never give up under Craig Brown and that was what Motherwell showed that night. And I see in the papers and on the sites today they're saying, uh, do it for Craig, let's get to yeah. the, the Euros, which yeah. when I saw you last week, was it uh, Tuesday? Which is the yeah, head of the yeah. game, wasn't it? Yeah. Is that game finished at Hamden? I mean, on and on finished, and on. Yeah. And what a performance Amazing. yet again. And we were up against it. There'd have been excuses that night, wouldn't there? Yes. The game had gone off. If it started again, you say, well, we would have won it, but we were disrupted. Yeah. They're so focused, Andy. What did you think watching it? Well, I, I think at the start I was really concerned because it just looked unplayable yeah. immediately. So you knew something had to happen. And thankfully we got the game on. And I think the pitch um, towards the... Once they'd gone off for, what was it, an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes, mm. the pitch was obviously a lot better than, than when they'd uh, kicked off. And you do worry about players because, you know, that, that can be an injury. I know that some of the national associations are always concerned because if a player is injured on, on their watch, I think they are they need to, to pick up the tab with their insurance. So um thankfully the game was 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 played to a finish and yet again we got the three uh, three points and deservedly so. The pressure on the people behind the scenes though was immense, wasn't it? I thought the broadcasters did really well, didn't they? Emma yes. uh, on screen and Connie excellent. and everyone. So yeah, people excellent. we've worked with uh, yeah, in yeah. the earlier days. So that was good. But behind the scenes, it was I was only reading the other day that in fact the insurance ran out on the players at midnight mm. because the European, you know, the international yeah. window closed at midnight. Yeah. So the players wouldn't be insured unless they could have got it. So there's so many different things behind the scenes that you yeah. don't realise. And some of these players, um, well, you just look at some of the Scotland players. You mentioned John McGinn earlier. I mean, um, Kieran Tierney, Andy Robertson, they're playing for big, big clubs. Scott McTominay, they're, they're on, yeah. Scott McTominay, they're on, they're on big salaries. Can you imagine something had had, had gone wrong and they had to play the, the night after and they weren't insured? I, I, I'm not even sure the, the clubs would have allowed it. Callum McGregor, Brian Jack. Yeah. Keep the quality, big two in there as well. Quality yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Quick break and then we're back. Andy Walker is going on the line shortly. 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show, bringing you the latest transfer news as the countdown to the new season gets underway. Let's go! Thanks, Chris, for the traffic and travel. This is Paul Cooney on the Go Radio Football Show with Andy Walker, who's with us. 0808 17 17 700. Messages coming in uh, on the socials at Go Football Show. Andy, here's one for you from John. John is on saying that Neil Lennon the other night and Barry Ferguson said they reckon their teams of what the early 2000s, the Rangers team, the Celtic team, would beat the current Celtic Rangers team today. What do you think, Andy? Is that fair? I, I agree. 
It's yep. uh, in the last twenty years since I've been working in broadcasting. That's the most exciting Celtic Rangers teams that that I've seen. Those early sort of two thousands when, mm. well, when Barry himself was part of that uh, Rangers squad with George Alberts and uh, Arthur Newman, and De Boer, Al- yep. uh, De Boer so. brothers. My goodness. Um, and then, of course, you had Celtic with Larson and Sutton and Hartson and Thompson. And the thing that you look back on now, it was clearly unsustainable, especially for, for Celtic. They got to that uh, UEFA Cup final. But very quickly, they had to they had to roll back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, once Martin O'Neill had left, Gordon Strachan came in and drove the wage bill down, but still managed to retain a, a huge level of, of success. But... It couldn't go on. They were, you know, Celtic. I think were spending uh, out with uh, their means. They were getting racking up a lot of debt, and then they addressed it and they brought it back to to normal because they they couldn't sustain that level of of uh, salary. But in terms of sheer football and quality, that that's the best that I've seen Celtic and Rangers over the last twenty mm. twenty five years. What would the scoreline be, for example? So Celtic of two thousand and what? <laughs> One two yeah. against um, Celtic. 20, I think I, I think Kyogo's really good. Yeah, but I think Larson's better. Okay, so Kyogo doesn't get in the team. Yeah. yeah, and then you've got all those who were around Larson, Sutton, and Harson were yeah. were just uh, top drawer. Uh, Neil Lennon in midfield, of mm. course. I, I can remember playing with a young Alan Thompson at at, uh, at Newcastle and uh, Bolton. How good was he then? As well. well, just great potential when he was a young lad at Newcastle. He had that terrible injury that uh, almost put uh, an end to his career, but thankfully he recovered. And at Bolton, he became a really important player. Then went to the Villa mm-hmm. and did some great stuff there before coming to coming to Celtic. So he was absolute quality. And you know, Celtic didn't always spend a huge no. amount of money. I always remember Diddy Agat going yeah. to do a game for. For Hibs, he'd just signed for Wraith Rovers, eh, from Wraith Rovers. And Celtic Celtic managed to get him for 50 grand. And he was a striker for Wraith Rovers, for Hibs. Celtic turned him into a right wing back. And um, look at the success that he had. He was on one side. The pace he had, sorry. Absolutely. The pace that he had. He was on the right, Alan Thompson on the left. I mean, the the service into Sutton, Hartson, Larson was uh, exceptional. So that team. I think would would beat the the current Celtic team as and what's as your score line? As they are. <laughs> I know it's an impossible. They'd win by a goal yep. and Larson would score it. Okay, and Rangers versus Rangers, so Rangers of two thousand and one or two, led yeah. by Barry Ferguson uh, against the Rangers at uh, the Celtic. Yeah, the Rangers of today. Yeah, well, I think what it's a reckon? closer game between both Celtic sides. Uh, the the Rangers of Barry Ferguson's era against the Rangers now would I think would win comfortably. Right. They were full of quality everywhere. And um, hard to argue against. And yeah, I think sure. now what you're seeing is Rangers just trying to get back to a level where they can have a squad, they can have players on the bench, on the bench who can come off and make a difference the way that Celtic have had over the last year or two. And um, that must be one of the aims for Michael Beale to get a really strong starting eleven, but equally um, to have a really strong bench, to have a good number of players who can. You know, fit in when there's injury, when there's suspension, 
and when you're up against it and you're not at your best but you're still able to to win games well they'll be playing each other at least four times this coming season and the fixtures will be out on Friday so we're on with Peter on Friday evening and there'll be a lot to talk about not least when that first game is well, which that, we think the first Old Firm game yeah. the Derby will be probably that first weekend in September yeah listen I always thought we should kick off with a Celtic Rangers game. Oh, I would love that. Why? I would love I mean, just to get into it immediately, kick off with our hibs and hearts, make it a big... It's fantastic. Uh, you know, make it a big weekend. Why but, not? Well, I, I don't know. what they, I know they feed in all their, their information to the to the fixtures, but... Uh, Could it happen? Is there anything to say it couldn't? I like I the idea. Think, I yeah. don't think there is anything. I mean, I know you've got Champions League qualifiers, but um, it's absolutely fine. Play it on a Saturday, okay. play it on a Sunday, whatever, but... Uh, I always hoped that would uh, happen, but um, I think last season was the earliest it had been for quite some time. I think it was match day four or mm -hmm. something like that. But you know, the earlier the better, because that, that is the one you'll all look at yep. on Friday. When is uh, the Rangers-Celtic game sure. at Ibrooks? The first mm -hmm. one's at Ibrooks. And I think um, you know Celtic will obviously go into it with a bit of confidence because they've got a really good record there, even allowing for the fact that they lost 3-0 uh, last time round. But... Uh, Brendan Rodgers certainly had a big record there and Rangers of course need to show that they can win that type of game when it really matters yeah. It's going to be some day News coming out of Ibrox it's a right back who didn't actually play in the first team but Rangers have just confirmed that Mateus Zakowski has joined Slas Rocklaw for an undisclosed fee subject to international clearance so one of the younger players who's come in and he's heading back over. Yeah, just yeah. building up the squad and you never know how how uh, good this potential might be. But um, yeah, I'm really keen just to see how it'll all unfold from, from week to week. It's always fascinating. If you're just tuning in, the Brighton forward Abdallah Sima is about to undergo a medical at Rangers ahead of a loan move. And Celtic have agreed terms with Melbourne City for the forward Marco Tilio ahead of a summer move. He scored nine goals last season. Andy, you had a good idea there about the big two playing right at the start of the season. Could you be a football administrator? <laughs> you know where this is going? Uh, yeah. Dear. So uh, we saw... Sorry. Well, there's a good salary available yeah. here. So Neil Doncaster, <laughs> 400,000. Yeah, I don't like to talk about somebody's salary on air, but that's a, that's a, a huge uh, money. And he's got a two-year notice period. Yes. So that's which uh, is, quite a deal. Which is well not often. But yeah. listen, if that's the deal yeah. that he gets and he's the guy who takes a lot of the bullets for, for all the clubs. It's the clubs that employ them. It's the clubs that want them to, to do a good job and everyone will have their opinion on Neil Doncaster and what he he, yeah. he does or doesn't do. But um, great deal for him. It sure is. So yesterday we got the news that the SFA have given permission to the SPFL, if they want, to take action um, I, against, I've against Rangers. To, I've got to say, I yeah. don't understand that. I mean, I would have just thought that with a bit of dialogue, yeah. can you not settle this out without but the settle this deal. without yeah. going to without going to court and coming to some sort of um, arrangement, some mm. sort of agreement? But listen, if they're hell bent on going to court, then uh, you know you can't really stop them. But it, it seems uh, it seems a huge waste of of, of money uh, to, to be doing that when it seems to me with uh, reasonable people you could come to a, an agreement. And Rangers' bid to secure a seat on the SPFL board could be voted down by the other clubs over the legal action set to be launched by the club. It's a pity. I mean, the biggest two should be on the board, in my view. They should be there. I mean, they carry the biggest support in the country, Celtic and Rangers, and I get that. But 
I don't understand why the cinch thing has gone on and on and on. It's gone on. It's gone on too long. And I would just say again, with um, with reasonable people on both sides, surely you can you know get round the table, come to some sort of dialogue, some sort of agreement, and uh, move forward for the benefit of Scottish football. It's the time of year where there's lots of rumour, lots of speculation. So, shall we talk Celtic now? Because since we last saw you, Brendan Rodgers, the media conference on Friday, uh, which happened, one of the things, Celtic have received no approach for Cameron Carter-Vickers from any club, including Tottenham. Was it inevitable that, that Tottenham would come up, given that he came from Tottenham and Ange is now the manager? Yeah, I think that's inevitable. I've got to say, Paul, I, I'm... It doesn't impress me Celtic banning so many people from uh, press conferences. Well, some of the BBC, just, weren't they? And I just Peter don't think it's Martin. the way ahead. Yeah. No. You know, I think there's, again, I think there's a lot of reasonable people about and if you've got any sort of gripe with any individual, why don't you have a chat about it? Mm. And Maybe if, they have. Maybe, maybe they have. Know. Maybe yeah. they have and maybe I'm wrong. Um, but, I mean, for example, put anything to Brendan Rodgers if you wanted to be critical of him, his team, anyone around him, he's the type of guy that would be able to to handle it. As Ange Postecoglou did, I think, sure. a few times last season when he thought one or two questions were, you know, were were a bit cheeky or a bit naughty, whatever he thought. I, I think you know, strong, sensible, reasonable people uh, can deal with these things. But banning uh, organisations, broadcasters from press conferences. It's. Uh, I find it a bit sad that my club chooses to do that. I agree with you, but I don't know all the details of it. But what do they do if they feel that somebody or an organisation is going too far? I agree with you, Andy. Uh, when I heard that they'd banned the what, BBC... What, what because is I'm too far? Just English. being critical, just uh, having an opinion. What is too far? Is it? Is it personal? I think too far is if something is defamatory. Mm. That's too far. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be allowed to do that. But... Um, well, as you say, Paul, I don't know the full story, but I do know that some broadcasters have been banned and it just doesn't sit uh, easy with me. I think you could, there's always room for, for dialogue. It was a big day for Celtic bringing back Brendan Rodgers because a month ago, yep. you probably couldn't believe that you dial forward. You know, If I'd said to you on the 1st of June, by the 28th, it's going to be Brendan Rodgers installed as manager, you'd say, Paul, I don't think so. I don't think that is going to happen, but it has. And there's nothing that he can't deal with, I would imagine. He's, yeah. he's an elite manager. He's dealt with the English media, the Scottish media. Yeah. Um, I, I had he, he took me to task over comments I made during a, yeah. a game. What was uh, it? Can you remember? Is it worth... Just about yeah. uh, an incident, right. and um, he took me to task over it, and and I I gave my point of view, and we we disagreed, and that's absolutely fine. You know, I've had I've had a row from so many managers over the years, or a different take, yeah. but honestly, I don't think I've come up against a manager who's been really unreasonable. Yeah. They, they would be unhappy with maybe a, a a view, a standpoint that I would have. But I don't think anyone has, uh, you know, held it against me. Any manager has held it against me yeah. over any length of time. And I think football people, in my experience, tend to be pretty reasonable. If you've got a point about uh, the football, they'll, they'll listen to it, they'll debate it. And you might uh, agree, disagree, but you, you move on to the... There's a game next week. There's always a game next week. Absolutely. I remember... Uh, 
with it. It wasn't a face-to-face because he was six foot two, big Billy McNeil and myself when I was a young reporter. But he was great afterwards, you know. He just yeah. disagreed with the question or whatever it was. And then yeah. he was fine. And I remember and he was sort of saying, you know, this. And also um, Graham Souness at Rangers. Yes. And he was brilliant as well afterwards. They yeah. both were. So they don't have to agree with all the questions. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you, you are under pressure and sometimes you do have to, you know, you, you, you're maybe... Protecting someone, you can't no. give uh, a complete honest uh, answer. Um, but I think that's just part of the the great landscape that should be Scottish football. And banning broadcasters by any club, uh, I just don't think it's the way to go. It doesn't make sense to me. So we went into last weekend with Brendan Rodgers back. Peter Lawwell introduced him. Then it was the manager himself and Michael Nicholson who went out to Mallorca and sort of did the deal with him as a chief executive should. Uh, he was asked um, what he felt the fan reaction would be Brendan Rodgers back at Celtic. No, listen, I, I un- would understand how supporters would, would feel. And, and listen, I, I also know that when I was here, maybe the, the first time when we were doing really well, I will always will have had critics. So, um, but it was an emotional time. The, the club was going for ten in a row, and, and there was a lot of emotion around. Um, it was something that, uh, like you said, that I, I never get too emotional with words. I'm I'm hoping that in my time here, I can have that impact that I had in my first time. I think the expectations are greater. I think the pressure is greater because of what we did the first time and probably how I left. But it's but that was what I wanted. That's why I'm here. I'm here to win, to take on that expectation and pressure because it's a club that uh, that wants to be winning. And for me, hopefully the the, the people that I've had lots of support from from, you know, when I left and I'm now coming back, I really thank them for that. For the people that maybe don't want me here, hopefully I can uh, prove to them uh, with the football that we play and, and the success that we can have. Hopefully I can. Uh, Shift their opinion. The Go Radio Football Show, keeping you up to date as the build-up to the new season begins. Let's go! Paul Cooney with Andy Walker on the Go Radio Football Show. It's the one-hour special. We'll be back to the full two hours before the new season, which is still, what, five weeks away, but the fixtures are out on Friday. A big day when you always look to see, I mean, your own teams, what's going to happen? Partick Thistle will be looking at it and thinking, oh my goodness, Andy, they came so close, but it wasn't to be. Yeah, and they've lost they've lost Tiffany, haven't they? Yeah. I know they're trying to put yeah. together a new side and I think when you look at that championship and how competitive it's going to be, Dundee United there, of course, and they'll be the they'll be the big favourites. Everyone will expect them to get back at the, the first attempt, but it took them a while last time round so uh, you wonder if Air United will keep back in Yemi, will they be stronger? And um, Inverness have always got a decent squad about them under Billy Dodd, so um, it's really going to be tough for Thistle to get as close as they were you know, last season, given that they were 3-0 up with Oof. 20 minutes to yeah. go. My yeah. goodness, what a... That, that'll still be painful to them. Akinyemi, could he do a job for Motherwell? Could you see that happening? Yeah, I can see it happening. The, the, I must say I didn't watch a great deal of the championship last season, uh, but whenever I did watch it and they were playing, he was their star man. Mm-hmm. He was the guy who's got a bit of, he's got a bit of height, he's got a bit of physical presence, he's got a great bit of skill about him, which I, I really admire, and he's obviously got an eye for goal. Um, it might be a bit of a surprise that no one came in for him in, in January, given mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm sure Air United would want to sort of cash in 
uh, if the money was right. But um, yeah, I think he could do a job for Motherwell. Motherwell certainly need. I know that there's speculation about Stephen Fletcher going there, but yeah. Motherwell desperately need to replace the goals of uh, Van Veen. That the, his goals pretty much got uh, Motherwell away from danger last season. And mentioning the Championship. What about the team that led for so long and just ran out of steam towards the end? They've got a new manager, a new coach, Robin Veldman, and he was saying today that he hopes to well, follow in the footsteps of greats like Giovanni van Bronckhurst, Wim Janssen and Dick Advoca, Dutchmen who've done really well in Scottish football. So he's the new boss, a three-year deal, just 37 years old, Andy. And it's, yep. it's a project there, isn't it, at Queen's Park? Yeah, there's a great deal of investment going on. I think they're the type of club that if they could get promotion, I think they're, they, they might be the type of club that w- could stay in the, in the top flight and really grow and build. Uh, from there obviously they've got a manager that they believe in if you're giving someone a three year contract you believe in their ability maybe not uh, not just to spot players with a bit of potential but to actually improve players that are there I think sometimes the best thing that can happen at any club and I always go back to my own experience Paul at Motherwell Mm -hmm. uh, getting a chance in the first team getting some game time learning how to be part of of a team that you know, we at Motherwell we were always part of a you know a relegation dogfight, but just to be part of a, a a team member, and then of course develop your own game and and try and uh, try and improve yourself, get to a bigger club. Any team, if I ask you one team, it's it's a long way out, Andy. There's not that many signings in yet, but who would you maybe look for this season to surprise us? For example, in the season just gone, St Mirren surprised everyone, didn't they? They surprised me because I had them. Uh, um, <laughs> is one of the bottom two. Yeah. Uh, you weren't I, alone. I, yeah. I, I wasn't alone, absolutely. But I always hope that Mother will surprise you. When I look at the time that they had under Craig Brown and Matt McGee and Stuart McCall and they were in the top half of the table, I just just because it's a club that is close to my heart and um, always like to see them do well. So pleased they got away from relegation trouble under Stuart Kettlewell last season. So I really hope that they can kick on. But... I always like to see our top flight be as strong as possible and that you're you're only going to get a really competitive edge from the likes of Aberdeen who've got a bit of money compared to the rest and from the likes of uh, Hibs and Hearts who you want them to succeed and uh, you know challenge Celtic and Rangers at home and away and obviously do better in European football as well. Stephen Naismith is obviously in charge for the new season there's a new structure I mean Robbie Nielsen I wonder where he'll turn up soon because he did so well for so long along with Lee McCulloch for for that team but they missed out in third spot but they they missed out anyway they missed out anyway and it was a real collapse because I can remember I mentioned it earlier going to Tynecastle and Hearts beat Aberdeen 5-0 and it could have been 6, 7 or 8 and at that point I think they they were maybe at one point 11 11 points clear of Aberdeen and that that was overturned. Mm -hmm. So a real collapse in the second half of the season but Hearts looked decent sometimes in their European campaign and they were badly affected by injuries to... you know, a lot yep. of players like Beningame, right, yeah. um, trouble Boyce in, as well. Uh, ab- ab- Liam Boyce, who could yep. get you goals. Obviously, Craig Gordon is a big one, although they brought in uh, Xander Clark. But 
if they can steer clear of injury and have a strong squad, then uh, they can do better than what they did last season. A few nights ago, Barry Ferguson was saying that look out for signings for Rangers next week, probably maybe later this week as we head for July, because lots of deals, Andy, where you you were signed until the 30th of June normally, weren't you? And then yeah. after that, it's the new contract for the new season. I wonder how many more. I mean, the headline tonight: the Brighton forward Abdallah Sima undergoing a medical, so he could be coming on loan this morning. Uh, well, we heard last night we mentioned it that Feyenoord rejected a three and a half million pound bid for Danilo. And they said, no, it's yeah. not enough. Uh, I mean, there's so much speculation about players coming in. What we don't know yeah. is the type of speculation with one or two players possibly moving on. Yeah. If Rangers can cash in on one or two players and get a bit of money for them, uh, we all know about the great business deals that they did with Aribo and with Calvin Bassey. That brought a bit of money in. And that's what Rangers have lacked over the last number of years, really cashing in to, to let Morelos and Kent go for for nothing I think is a big mistake Chelsea have just confirmed that the goalkeeper Edward Mendy has signed for a Middle East club Al Ali so many players Andy heading over there not least Ruben Neves who's only what 26, 27 Amazing. and he's prime and he's gone to the Middle East Amazing. could it be that they would you know have a league that would be one that is aspirational not just for the for the dollars well, you wonder about that. I mean, obviously, they're in bed quite comfortably now with the golfing yeah. uh, tours, the main golfing tours. You wonder if they want to try and do that uh, with football in general. I know that they've dipped their toe in at uh, Newcastle, if you like, getting involved there. And although there wasn't a huge uh, spending spree at Newcastle, uh, just thanks to the clever management of um, Eddie Howe and the way he went about it, um, to get them into a Champions League spot at the expense of Liverpool and Tottenham and Chelsea, that that's a that's a, a huge feather in his cap. But yeah, I, I, honestly, I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, if if uh, if you're throwing that amount of money at seasoned international players, it's absolutely natural. Some of the players will 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 take it, and it might not be the most competitive league, mm. but they're looking after their their family and, and, and maybe their, their family of generations to come. Mm. And yet, morally, some people might think, no, it's not for me, not heading there yeah. to that part of the world. So, yeah. I know, money talks, Well, women are yeah. still second-class right. citizens. It's I not right. I think they still yeah. do beheadings. Yeah. Uh, it's not... Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. But we seem it's hardly mentioned, doesn't it? It goes on this as if it. it's, you know, the live golf and all. I feel for Rory McIlroy, who stood firmly he, against them. He yeah. came out... And then next thing they announce, mm, it's okay. He Nothing was, to see here. We're he all was together. strong. I, yeah. I think he's right. He was a sacrificial lamb. But um, yeah, he had uh, some strong views and everyone was behind him. But you do wonder how it's going to go with football because money tends to, to talk uh, in any part of the world as far as uh, football transfers are concerned. Go Radio Football Show, Paul Cooney, summer special with Andy Walker. We kicked off there with Rangers at that point. We'll come back to Brendan Rodgers in a few moments uh, at Rangers. Who else? Jack Butland's in. We knew that last week, so the goalkeeper. Um, there's talk of Barisic getting an offer for an extended contract. Would you have issued that if you were Michael Beale? I always thought he was one of the most impressive players at uh, Rangers over the last number of seasons. I think he did have a dip in form. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that, but he's the type of player, I think, that can play on the on the big occasion. Mm. And on top form, there's there's few better than Barisic at delivering a, a ball into the box. He gives you the 
uh, occasional free kick uh, special goal. So I, I think he's got a lot to offer. Celtic did so well, you know, wide, for example, with, you know, Abada, Jota. Yeah. Um, Rangers, not so. Because Kent, he just lost the, He lost something last season, didn't he? he just wasn't maybe he lost his focus. Yeah. Maybe he had a number of options to weigh up. He's now left. He's going to wear Fenerbahce. Yep. So you, you, you wish him well there. But as you say, when you look at Celtic with uh, Jota and Maida and Abada... You know, people who were playing in a wide area and who weren't just um, creating goals, they were getting goals as well. And the spread of goals that Celtic had, uh, obviously with Kyogo at the at the forefront, um, you know, O'Reilly, uh, Aaron Moy chipped in with uh, a few when he was when he was fit. It's a pity that he's been struggling and yeah. I think we'll find out soon is he back or not exactly next season. That. So. And then you'd, uh, obviously, the captain, Callum McGregor and Rio Hatati. There was a good spread uh, of goals and I think when you get Cameron Carter-Vickers back fully fit, he's the type of guy that uh, shows all the leadership at the back that you're, you're really wanting. He reminds me so much of the way Roy Aitken used to play. Yeah. You know, just not accepting anything other than, you know, winning a ball, winning a duel, uh, winning a game. And um, he's a big player for Celtic, Carter-Vickers. For Rangers fans, the next few weeks are absolutely vital, aren't they? Who else is going to come in? The manager mentioned before the end of the season he's getting his biggest ever transfer pot. I think that's right, isn't it, for any Rangers manager? Now, compared to what they play pay in England, I mean, we started earlier, half an hour ago, talking about James Madison, only £40 million. So, nobody's got £40 million, But how he spends this money, Michael Beale, is going to be crucial. Yeah, I've no idea what sort of money they've got to spend. It goes from, you know, we need two players, we need five players, we've got a lot of money to spend we've got very little money to spend I don't know what the truth is I, I think as far as Michael Beale is concerned you need to change the menu you need to get players in who are capable of delivering immediately and he's if, done well so far Andy you know with Cantwell Raskin the early signings yeah I thought uh, when they arrived in January I thought they would play immediately but obviously he sees them every day when they didn't play against Celtic um, I was a bit surprised but um yeah, I think they showed their quality in the second half of the season, but you absolutely you absolutely need more than that. And you need someone that you can hang your hat on for a goal. Morelos is away. He was exceptional for Rangers yeah. over a, a good number of years. And you also had someone like Ryan Kent who gave you some special moments, I think especially in Europe. So um, I, I like the fact that they're talking about Europe and wanting to, even Celtic, you know, Brendan Rodgers prepared to take that extra responsibility, extra pressure, wanting to make a difference in Europe. If anything, uh, Celtic want to achieve that Rangers have over the last number of years, it's it's having a, a deep run into Europe and, uh, you know, getting victories. There's, there's nothing like it for the supporters. What did you take then, Andy, in the last two minutes from the early... Um, meeting with Brendan Rodgers with the media on Friday you watched it as well you saw yeah. some of it what did you feel what were your impressions well I've never gone along with the view that uh, Brendan Rodgers is a fraud I, I mean I totally accept that some Celtic supporters it, it's their whole life it's everything I totally get it and someone who would leave at that point in the season it's, it's hurtful and it's maybe a wee bit unforgiving but if Brendan Rodgers was to win the first few games of the season, go to Ibrox and win that one. I think a lot of it would be quickly forgiven. 
And I'll go back to speaking to anyone who was be, be behind the scenes at Celtic at, uh, on, a, on a match day, mm. at the training ground. The level of professionalism that he brought to the club was like nothing they had seen for, for some time. And um, I think he'll obviously bring that again. I think the style of football was good. So I disagree with any Celtic supporter mm, that yeah. thinks he's a fraud. I think he's a top quality manager. He's been well received so far, hasn't he? I mean, yep. the proof will be in the pudding when you get there, but on social media, um, things are augmented, aren't they? So, <laughs> then they are. You'll, let's for, not, let's you'll forgive me if I don't dip into social media no. too often. It's, uh, I'm sure it's a lovely place to be when when things are sure. going well. But let's uh, not give them time. It's, uh, it can be poison as well. Where's it going to strengthen then? In the last minute, what would you say, Andy? What we're going to see in the next few weeks for Celtic? It may be people going out as well. Could yeah, you? I think that's the one that you you don't really know at the moment. I'm sure there will be a bit of interest in uh, one or two Celtic players. And Celtic have always been the type of club, we've said it so often, mm. that are prepared to do business if they're going to um, make a lot of money on someone that uh, they spent a, a little on. They're getting a lot back for them. Um a bit more height, a bit more physicality, a bit more drive. Uh, maybe that's something that uh, Brendan Rodgers will look at. But I also think he's clever enough to know that he's already coming into a good squad. If that squad was to remain intact and those important players like Carter Vickers and McGregor and Hatati and O'Reilly and Kyogo and Jota, those really big ones, if they were to stay... I think he's smart enough to to know that there's not too much tinkering uh, required, and uh, you know Celtic played at a really good pace last season. Maybe last time round, Brendan was a uh, very much possession based, mm -hmm. and I think I think Ange Postecoglou's team wanted to to move the ball quicker through the midfield quicker, get to the strikers quicker, uh, get get to the byline quicker, get crosses in, get more of them in. Always remember Ange Postecoglou. Uh, giving his players a row because there were so many balls coming into the box and no one was on the end of them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think Brendan Rodgers is clever enough to adapt to what he's got and he'll obviously want to add to it. He might be forced into adding to it if a, a late bid comes in for, for one of his big players, but that happens every season. Andy, thanks a million. Will you come back next week? Marvellous. <laughs> thanks Can't so much. Uh, Zoe Kelly is up shortly. Later in the week, she'll be here on Friday. I'm going ahead of myself. It's Jokal Day will be on after the Marvel. news. And this time tomorrow night, Stephen McGinn will join us at five. The Go Radio Football Show. Keeping you up to date as the build-up to the new season begins. Let's go!